Welcome to tonight's production. Content warnings can be found beneath the list of cast and crew in our notes. As always, stay safe and enjoy the show. Starfall. Act One, Scene Nine. Next. State your name. Michaelis Emmenteris Solzat. Occupation. Head of scripted costuming for the Caravel Traveling Acting Troupe. Are you responsible for the routine and/or irregular creation of scripts and/or the use of finished scripted items? Yes, on both accounts. Please present the proper licenses that permit script usage and/or rune work. This is sufficient. Please wait with the rest of your department in preparation of the audit of your scripts. Next. State your name. Uh, Keo Farmian. So, Madam Raybar, while my associate audits this first department, would you mind if I asked you a few questions about your troop as a whole? Just help me grasp the kind of people I'm working with here. Inspector Haver, wouldn't this whole process go much quicker if you were helping your partner with the audit? Sure, but that would mean Concorp actually making something easier for once. Well, unlike some people, we at Concorp actually have to be thorough and accurate with our work. And besides, dividing conquers always worked well for our partnership. Grin's better with the fine details. I prefer to focus on the big picture. For example, would you mind confirming for me that your troop was in the village of Gazbit around the 15th of last month? Yes, I can confirm that. We performed in Gazbit on that date and were in the area several days beforehand to advertise and set up. Uh-huh. And on that particular date, was your troop also party to an attack on the citizens of Gazbit? Party to... Haver? Yes, we were present for the attack, but we were victims as much as they were took the full strength of our security team to repel the fey monsters that attacked. And how exactly did they accomplish that? <laughs> how do you think? I think, based on reports from the area, that an unusually powerful script was used to defeat an unusual incursion of fey monsters. We are just verifying that this was all above board. Yeah. Wouldn't want to go below board to protect people's lives or anything. Fell. You want to know the truth, Haver? What it really was? It was your standard-grade, crowd-control shock script that the Batheart over in security has. And you want to know why people in Gazbit threw a fit over it? It's because the people in small towns like that wouldn't know the difference between a common script and the holy tools of their ancestors. Congrats! You can be safely smug about that big city superiority you've always had. I'm sorry. Were you hoping for something a little more shiny to bring back to HQ? 
Well, sorry to tell you, but it turns out the life I picked isn't all that fantastic. That's all you had to say, Fell. I just wanted the facts. Excuse me. Grin, how are we doing over there? We've got an expired provisional license here. Oh my, do we now? I am, I'm sorry. It's all I have right now, but, um, um, um. Okay, you vultures can back off. Kyo sent off for their full license in the mail less than a month ago, and it has the carbon copies to prove it. And I know that means that the accountability is in your hands now to supply either a full license or a provisional extension with reason of rejection. Got it? <sighs> Maybe he knows what he's doing after all. Heating scripts. They even make serving tea in your hidden chamber possible. Now, how do you like your tea, dear? Sugar? Honey? I'm not sure. Both of those sound nice. Why don't you start with sugar and add more to taste? Help yourself. Well, now that we're settled... I suspect you may have some questions for me. If... If it wouldn't be too rude for me to ask, my lady. There's no need for such formalities here. Elsabel is fine. Sorry. Elsabel. You just remind me of the fine ladies back... Back where I came from. But if you don't mind me asking... Who feeds you? And when? Hmm? I haven't seen you outside your wagon in the weeks I've been with the troop, but you seem to have a fully stocked pantry. I was curious. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you meet a woman with impossible wings in a hidden world within your own troop, and your first question is, who's feeding her? Well... If I, if I was trapped in a small room, food is the thing I'd be most worried about, so... You don't need to worry about that here. I have an arrangement with the rest of the troop. Raybar, Basil, Senthi, really everyone who helps run the troop. They make sure my needs are met. They're just discreet about it when they can be. What do they get from the arrangement? Why do they need to keep you in here? Oh, Leona, dear. I certainly hope you're not under the impression I'm being kept here against my will. I'm not sure what else I'm supposed to think. Even a comfortable cage is still a cage. I assure you, I know a cage when I see one. This is no cage. The doors are actually quite easy to open once you know where the scripts are. And theoretically, there is nothing stopping me from leaving. I simply choose not to. Why, though? Why would you stay in here? For one thing, I do most of my best work indoors. I help Raybar with her ledgers and contracts when she's willing to entrust them to me. And I've become a bit of a wordsmith since I took up residence here. I take the plays from the show's usual rotation and help tailor them to specific audiences. 
You'd be amazed by how much a line here or a curtsy there can speak to the hearts and minds of the masses. Is that all, then? You're just a writer? Just a writer? Dear, there's no such thing as just a writer, especially not in our profession. Certainly, you need rune workers to create items capable of channeling magic, and you need actors to speak and channel the illusions that captivate our audiences. But without the words themselves, without the specific choices we make to guide the audience's perceptions and lend weight to what they're seeing, well then, they might as well just be staring at stardust in the night. I think you must be very good with words, Elsabel, and I apologize for diminishing their value with my own. You seem to have quite the grasp on them yourself, Leona. It's almost strange, based on how you've been described to me, a wandering loner with awesome destructive power in the table manners of... Well, <laughs> I was expecting you to be much more unpolished. I think most people expect that, too. But I was at least raised around people who were well-spoken. I learned enough by listening to them. If you wouldn't mind me asking, who were these people who raised you? Your phrasing seems to indicate some party other than parents or relatives. You mean, you meet a girl from parts unknown with an impossible sword... And all you want to know is who taught her to speak well? <laughs> <laughs> well, just as you have your curiosities, I have mine. Uh, aside from these. You do want to know about my wings, don't you? I am admittedly curious. I've probably encountered stranger things in my life, but they usually aren't so approachable as you. I'll put the kettle back on then. How I came to be, and how I came to be here, it's a bit of a story, and I think you may need a little more tea for your sugar. Oh. Of course. So, Raybar... As I understand it, the incident in Gasbit is not the only incident you may have been involved in as of late. Tell me, is it true that- Illegal? What do you mean it's illegal? I mean, it is a bladed weapon containing scripts of it's a- It's a pocket knife. It's used for peeling fruit. What are you talking containing about? Containing scripts of a violent and kinetic nature. It attaches to apples so it can slice them on its own. Without a weapons handling permit, you are not allowed to have this in your possession. Boom. Permit this. Those are my permits for weapons handling and rune work, for bladed, bludgeoning, and firing weapons. These are... Comprehensive. Thanks. My parents paid for them before they knew what a disappointment I would turn out to be. So, knife? You should keep these labeled and on your person to avoid confusion in the future. Well, maybe you shouldn't take my stuff in the future. <clears throat> As I was saying, you recently traveled through the town of Hillbend, if I'm not mistaken. 
He confirmed that while traveling through Hillbend, you. Hey, if they're getting their knife back, does that mean I get my fire cage back? Your fire cage. You mean the wire mesh ball containing a smaller, denser ball of wire shaped in repeating patterns of fire and light rings that kept burning your hands as I asked you to surrender it? Yes. No. But Axel got theirs back. They have the proper permits. Just bring me the next item, please. So, swords falling from the sky in Hillbend. What was that? <gasps> what is that? <laughs> yeah, dear. So what? Is that? That is what I've been tinkering with in the back of our wagon. Oh, is that why your wagon stinks so bad? I certainly hope so. It's either that or Vare forgot a bowl of fish stew in his toolbox again. Hey, that only happened once. This is disgusting. Appalling. It's an abomination. It's organic. I was experimenting to see if living material cultivated in the patterns of runes could effectively channel them. So you made a mold script? Admittedly, it was supposed to be more of a fungus script, but I may have been misinformed about proper cultivation methods. This... This is a wasteful, unregulated abomination of rune work. Don't touch that thing again! I'm going to have to retrieve my equipment to see it properly disposed of. Hey, you want to use my fire cage on that? Ugh, Artis! Chokes on her. I've got two more of those growing in the back of the wagon. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna put a pause on this particular line of questioning until my partner has finished auditing this particular department. I'm sorry to say that may take you a while. Our props team have their own particular methods of operating. Psst. Haver, that's code for good luck regulating these people, you heartless fracker. Fine. Cards on the table. I legitimately do not understand why you support these reckless individuals as part of your operation. Your script designers for costumes and the actors who channel them. Fine. If you want to be wasteful heathens in the purview of the Empire, then I see the logic in needing them. But half the scripts this department seems to have produced are ineffective, if not outright dangerous garbage. What good do their endeavors do for you? From a strictly business sense, Inspector Haver, I can tell you not much. Most of the props department's budget goes towards maintaining and refining essential props for existing shows. Any little they have left over goes into overstocking their wagon with cheap bundles of materials for research I'm unlikely to see any returns on. So then why give it to them? Because that is what artists do. They think forward, they push boundaries, they expand on what people think is possible. That's what people need artists to do. I'm fairly certain I've never needed an artist to try and sell me a moldy log that can set itself on fire. Excuse you, these are clearly light runes on this moldy log. Regardless. Irregardless. Maybe you've never needed light rune mold. But don't think I don't remember what Concor's offices are like. And how late they work you. And how the lighting is just as terrible there as everywhere else in your windowless little cubbies. I'm just saying that maybe, if people had more freedom to think about glowing mushrooms, it would be easier to find a way to develop self-sustaining light sources. You know, 
all the better to review endless stacks of Form 1299X-Spy. You know, I hate it when you say irregardless. <laughs> Why do you think I said it? Members of the troop, I suggest you step back. Why? So you can level more heavy criticism? No, I just had to give warnings so the company wouldn't be liable when I did that. Now, what's the next item for inspection? Um... Maybe you're right, Porter. Maybe we're not as creative in our solutions as you and your friends. And so we have to suffer a little more eye strain from the comfort of our offices. Mine has a window now, by the way. While you're out here weathering winters in canvas tents. But I suppose the question is, how creative do we really need to be when flame gauntlets and blast cudgels are standard issue with the job? Did you say blast cudgels? I certainly did. Mine's named Starshine. Stop saying irregardless, and maybe you won't have to meet her. Tell me, Leona, do you know what a Feyblood is? Feyblood? That is someone whose parents are both Fey and human, isn't it? Close. Feyblood is a broad spectrum of people with both Fey and human ancestry. Or, more specifically, it's a person who doesn't quite meet the expectations of either side due to their mixed heritage. I'm sure there are more Feybloods in Falston than we see, but the only ones given the moniker are those who are a little too Fey for the human, or a little too human for the Fey. Like a human woman with wings? Like a human woman with wings, such as myself. Have you met any other Feybloods before? Not many, as far as I know. There were a few in the service of the same people I served, but I rarely interacted with them. They tended to be kept busy with very specialized work. Interesting. So, are you familiar with how Feyblood magics work, too? I've heard rumors, but I'm not sure how much of it is fact. Is it true that you can do scriptless magic? Well, just like our Feyblood traits, our abilities tend to vary from person to person. There are some who can use scriptless magic, but with limited control. There are some who can use magic from both sides powerfully. And you, Elsabel? There's a reason they call me the songbird, you know. I have an unusual talent for weaving illusions through my voice alone. Of course, it always helps for a participant to be expecting the oncoming vision, but... For example, if I were to right now begin describing... Life aboard a ship, let's say. With just my voice, I could tell you to imagine that you are aboard the deck of a grand ship. Around you, the ocean, deep blue and nigh unknowable, laps at the hull, gently rocking you back and forth, back and forth. The smell of salt water fills the air, and it is only matched in intensity by the unfiltered rays of the sun falling on you and your vessel. 
But there is the promise of respite on the horizon, the sight of a port, lively with activity and full of shade and fresh, cool drink. You let your sail unfurl in the hopes of catching some wind that will take you home and... Scene. That was... That was more powerful than any illusion I've seen the whole troop create. And that wasn't just sight and sound. I swear I could taste the salt and feel the heat from the sun. Really? Oh, that's lovely to hear. I always worry I'll get rusty if I go too long without a performance. Elsabel, you must be the most powerful illusionist in the Empire. I don't know about most powerful, but it's at least true that I have always been in high demand for my particular place on the Feyblood spectrum. I look and act mostly human with a physical fey trait that people find charming rather than threatening or unsettling. And my powers, well, they only add to my charms, I've been told. Of course, that was what led to my previous living situation before the troop. I was in the service of a wealthy man who... I don't know why I still try to be coy about this. Essentially, my parents sold me to a man who collected Feybloods as a hobby. What? How could they do that? I'm sure they were both happy enough to see me go. (laughs) Whether it actually was my mother who'd had an indiscretion with the Fey, or it was just something in our ancestry, it does bring undue judgment and attention to a family when one of your children has wings. But your own family! That's... that's horrible! Nay. I'm certain they were doing what they thought was best for themselves and my sisters. And we couldn't always afford to care beyond the immediate circle of ourselves. I try not to begrudge them too much for that. Then this man who... bought you? He was not unkind, overtly. He was simply fascinated by Feybloods and our powers. He was also enabled by familial wealth and his ancestry to think he could possess it for himself if he possessed us. And he was possessive. I came from a small town in Duosaud, poor and isolated, where you are as likely to be struck by a falling star as you were to ever travel more than 10 miles from the place you were born. But... I suppose I was always destined to be an outlier by their standards. Because after this man procured my services, he swept me away in a carriage and carried me miles and miles away from a town I would never see again. For days, we traveled west till we reached his manor in the countryside of Aket, where it seemed everything, from the greenery on the lawn to the detailing on the doorknobs, was tailored to a level of luscious beauty as I had never known could even exist. Coming to stand there, for the first time, I didn't feel like the most alien element of my own life. Of course, as soon as I arrived, I was tailored to suit my new home as well. 
I was fitted with an extensive wardrobe for every occasion in the finest Akedi fashion. I was given chambers I could have arranged to my specifications with all the luxuries and decorations available in the manor. And I had servants of my own, under strict orders to attend to my every need. It was such a whirlwind experience. It took me weeks of living there to even realize there were other Feybloods nearby. What were they like, the other Feybloods? Oh, they were yet more wondrous creatures like myself. People with reptilian scales like flower petals dappling their skin, or with delicate antlers covered in a fine velvet. I met with them occasionally, but the truth is, I never much knew them on a personal level. As I said, the master of this house was a possessive man. As his tenants, we were treated with the utmost of courtesy and could theoretically want for nothing, as long as we followed his rules, as long as we never spoke to the other Feybloods without his permission, gave command performances of our powers and abilities, and never attempted escape. We could remain there with him, protected as his precious possessions. So then, how did you escape? Pardon? You... You were held in captivity, weren't you? And now you're here. So you must have escaped somehow. Oh, my dear... You misunderstand. I never wanted to leave. I was born strange and grew up in humble circumstances, always stared at and treated as the other, even within my own family. What he offered me, luxury, safety, admiration, it was more than I ever could have dreamed. But it was a cage. You must have known you were living in a cage. Oh, but dear, a comfortable cage can still be a place of great comfort. How did you end up here, then? (sighs) Well, to follow the metaphor, I suppose you could say my cage was left open. And I think it was done in the hopes that I would just fly away. Shortly after I came to live in his manor, the mass, the man, he began to tell me I was the crown jewel of his collection. I don't know if he told that to all the Feybloods in his possession, but I believed it when he told me. I could also tell when, some years after that, he stopped believing that himself. When I grew a little older, when my eyes became a little lined from smiling so prettily for him, that was when he stopped looking at me like the rarest of his collectibles and more like a woman who sometimes molted feathers. He sent me off in a carriage one day. He had done that before, on rare occasions when he needed to send me to a particular tailor or to offer special performances for distant friends, and as I usually did on these trips, to alleviate the anxiety of being out of the manor, 
I tried to sleep through the ride. But instead of being awoken by an attendant once we had reached our destination, I woke up on my own, my carriage abandoned on a random roadway. Both the driver and the horses were gone. I waited there on the side of the road for them to return. I was certain there must have been a reason for their absence. Perhaps one of the horses had been injured, I reasoned, and the driver had simply left to fetch a replacement before we could continue. I waited hours for him to return. I waited until it was dark, and shadows menaced me from every angle. And then, when the first stranger passed by, I, who had barely known the outside world for more than two decades, tried to hide my wings as well as I could, and fled down the road. Of course, I tried to find my way back to the manor, but even without my anxiety over the situation, I wouldn't have known my way back. I won't bore you with all the details of the next few weeks. I feel as though you might be familiar with what it's like to be a stranger surviving strange roads alone. It isn't easy. Even for me. Yes. So I will say, I was very fortunate that the troop was traveling through the area I found myself in, and that Raybar has always had a keen eye for the unusual and those who need help. Since then, the troop has been very kind to me in my unique circumstances, and some very clever rune work has allowed me to make my life safely and secretly in this wagon. Maybe this is the best place you could have found yourself, considering your circumstances, but I'm sorry for everything that happened to lead you here. People should have at least one person in their life to... to really care about them. Thank you, Leona. And please, don't feel too badly for me. My story isn't meant to elicit pity for poor old Elsabel. If anything... I shared it because I was hoping to see if it was a story familiar to you. You've been wondering if I was a Feyblood too, haven't you? And from circumstances like yours. Well, given what little I've heard about you, I admit I have been curious. Sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not a Feyblood. I'm something else. And I think the cage I was kept in was much less comfortable than yours. Well, I think the inspection will be carrying on for some hours more. If you wanted to talk about yours, there's plenty of time for that. Thank you, Elsabel. But I'm not sure I should talk about that, even with hours ahead. Even with hours... That's just so long to be inside. And those people Fell was afraid of will be out there all that time. What if they're dangerous? What if the troop is in trouble and I'm stuck in here? What if the doors never open up again Leona. and I... I Leona, dear. 
Sorry. I... I didn't mean to break it. I just... don't like small spaces. It's all right. I understand. But I promise you, you'll be free soon. And in the meantime, perhaps I could entertain you with another story. Forty plus magical licenses reviewed and verified. Twenty plus wagons inspected for dangerous scripts and illegal fame. Fifty-seven experimental scripts confiscating for failing to fall under regulations. And one <coughs> mold script disposed of for being an abomination in the eyes of the Lord. Well, an abomination in your opinion. Inspector Haver, I am taking my company allotted 30-minute meal break. Now... Huh. He managed to ruffle Grin's feathers. Can't say I'm not a little impressed. We tend to have that effect on the more tight-laced of your inspectors. Now, is there anything else you need from us, or can we finally be on our way? Yes, I believe we've held you up long enough already. Just supply the requisite inspection fee to Inspector Grin, and we'll call it a day. Of course, Inspector. Oh, and add 5% to whatever you paid for any inspection more than three months ago. You know, rising costs of labor and all that. 5%? Haver! Fell, it's fine. I'll see to that, and I trust you two can entertain yourselves in the meantime. So, Pierce's script was an abomination in the eyes of the Lord. When did Concourse start speaking on behalf of the Empire's favorite little religion? Oh, Fell. You know as well as I do that Concourse might as well be a puppet with the church's hand up its puppet hole. I missed you, you know? Our partnership, our late nights together, making you laugh. I've missed it. Have you? Because raiding my new workplace is a funny way of showing it. Raiding? You call this a raid? (laughs) What else am I supposed to call you holding up and smashing your way through our caravan and then being asked to thank you with a gratuity? Trust me, Phil. If this was a raid, you'd know it was a raid. If it was a raid, we wouldn't be letting you walk away with any scripts or weapons, licensed or not. We'd certainly be asking a lot more questions about that wagon. Sorry? What wagon? The wagon without any apparent doors or means of access. It's not very subtle, you know, and if we thought you and your pals were any real threat... We'd be having a very different conversation right now. But lucky for you, that would be too much paperwork to be worth the effort. And we think you're mostly just a bunch of harmless buffoons whose greatest crime is wasting the time and resources of everyone involved. Wow. Thanks for the opinion. I value it so much. 
Missed you too, Bex. He didn't exactly say goodbye, you know. One day we were partners, and the next, I had to hear from management that you'd quit and left the city. How much could you have actually missed me? Bex, I... If I have any regrets about leaving, it's that I didn't tell you. But at the end there, I wouldn't have missed myself if I suddenly disappeared. I was miserable out of my mind, and I just wanted a way out. And I don't know if you even noticed. How was I supposed to? When your response to every problem is to smile and wave it off, how was I supposed to know you were about to drop everything you'd ever worked for and run away with a bunch of strangers who you apparently thought you could trust more than me, your partner? These strangers saved my life. They've earned that trust, and they're my family now. Well, maybe if you just talked to me first, I could Fell. you know as well as I do, this troop is a joke. These people are worthless, and you and I should be on the same side of this inspection. You're right, Bex. We should be on the same side. But you're still too stubborn to leave that soul-sucking corporation. So I don't know what else to tell you. Apologies, I tried to give this to your partner, but she seemed a bit distracted in her vigorous consumption of a sandwich. Thank you, Rebar. Your professionalism has been most appreciated today. Well, someone has to help our artists keep their candles lit. I'm sure you think so. I'll collect my partner, and we'll be on our way now. Porter. Haver. (sighs) Inspectors. They do love to make things difficult, don't they? Yeah, they really do. Still, I wanted to thank you for your help in managing these people today. Managing... people? Uh... Admittedly, I was a little sceptical at first. I know you have a history with Concord, but it seems like you played them very well. Maybe in the future you could... Uh... Sorry, Raymar. I'd love to be complimented more, but, um... I have to go and make sure some people are still alive because of me. Okay, bye! You know, I really do wonder if that kid listens to a word I say. Come on, darling! Open it! Quick! All right, all right, I'm coming. Just stop pulling on my sleeve. I still do can't believe you thought sticking Leona in Elsabelle's wagon in the middle of an inspection was a good idea. Do you know how many strips she could have ruined in there? I am wildly aware. So, can we just, please, unhide her now? Ugh, fine. Uh, Leona! 
You in there? <laughs> Where else would she be? Saturday dairy? Uh, Leona? Elsabel? Fell? <sighs> oh, Leona. I'm so glad you're okay. Look, I I'm sorry. I didn't mean to push you in here without much preamble, but it was super short notice and... Oh! Uh. <laughs> uh. Hi, Leona. You all right? Yes. Hi, Fel. Hi, Leona. How are... Oof! It feels... Wow. It feels really nice out here. The sky is so blue. It's so blue. Hi, Dolan. Hello, strange cat we have welcomed into our lives. Is everything all right now? Yes, no worries, Elsabelle. The inspectors are all gone now. They didn't hurt you, did they? No. The only casualty was one of Jusa's experiments. It was just concourse scare tactics, as usual. But still, thank you for hosting Leona today, Elsabel. I'm sorry I had to spring her on you like this and spring Elsabel on you, Leona, but... No, it was no trouble. I enjoyed her company immensely, and it was good to finally meet her. Honestly, you should have introduced us sooner. Leona, dear... Please, don't be a stranger in the future. I still have to finish that story of King Kingfisher and the Golden Dream. Why not finish it for the troop? It's late enough that we'll probably be having dinner soon. Maybe you could join us and- Um, Leona? I, I, I know you mean well, but Elsabel doesn't- She doesn't really- It's fine, Fel. I can speak for myself. Leona. I would love to join you, but as it is, I rarely leave my wagon for more than a few minutes at a time. Are... are you scared that someone will see you? Because, I promise, I wouldn't let anyone hurt you. That's very sweet, dear. But it's not specifically people, I fear. It's more that... It's just... all a bit overwhelming for me. All the sky, and all the space out there. It just... makes my head spin a bit. I hope you understand, dear. Just as you are still trying to shake your cage, I'm still carrying mine. I'll be sure to visit when I can, Elsabel. Maybe we can all bring dinner over here tonight, and... Just listen to the story at your door. That would be nice, I think. Alright, people, we're burning what little daylight we've got left, so let's get butts in wagons and let's get moving. Finally. Maybe we'll actually see some signs of civilization by day's end. Hey, um, have I told you guys lately how grateful I am that we all found each other here? 
Probably, but I won't complain if I have to hear it again. Would either of you mind if I sat on the back of the wagon for the rest of the trip? Of course not. You ready to take a break from walking? Yeah. I think I am. Hello, Axel. Sup, sword girl. The creeps in the suits gone? Yes, and good riddance to bad news. Uh, sorry they wound up confiscating a few of your scripts. Oh, I was kind of done with those anyway. Just leave me more room for new scripts. Honestly, I kind of want to see if Props Boss needs any help with that light mold project. We are not keeping light mold in this wagon. Look, if the light bothers you, I'll just keep a blanket over it at night. The light part isn't the problem in this equation. <laughs> I was born a rooted man, too deep in the ground to see. The rain it drowned and the soil crossed with no light to nourish me. A thousand lifetimes passed above, not a one of them could feel. How it cut me up, how it crushed me down as I fell beneath their wheel. But still how I wanted to go. And oh, how I needed to go. I I tear my feet up from the ground and reach up towards the sun. I call my name up from the ground and cast it towards the sun. Won't you have me now? Can you see my face? Never left alone by the stars. I tear my feet up from the ground And I'm growing, going far Thank you, dear audience, for joining us in Starfall, a fantasy audio drama. Starfall is written and produced by Claudia Elvidge. This episode featured the voice talents of... Shani Konikar as Leona. Sam B. Wynn as Fel. Cole Burkhart as Dalin Archivair. Malcolm J. as Axel. Emma Laslett as Raybar. Maxime Hendrickson Liu as Elsabel. Zaire Brown as Haver. Sophie Borjon as Grin. Sawyer Green as Vare. Elisa Park as Jirsa. Tal Manier as Keo. Sean Sigler as Michaelis. Toby Harvey as Colden. And myself, Margaret Ashley, as the narrator. Our theme music is composed by Trace Callahan. This episode featured music composed by Tay. You can find more of his works at TayCollaboration.com. For more information, visit StarfallPodcast.com 
or follow us on Twitter at StarfallPod. Tonight's Falston fact is on the subject of fey bloods. Fey bloods are individuals with both human and fey heritage and qualities that denote them as belonging entirely to neither. While fey bloods are not common in Falston due to the divides in fey and human existences, nearly every tavern has a patron who swears they have a cousin in a village across the state who has one of those strange fey folk for a neighbor. Okay, Roger, pull yourself together. It's been a while since we've done this, but... Broadcasting, this is Roger Bogato Fisher, still goddamn here, and somebody ought to keep a record of what's been happening on the moon and whatever comes next. We uh, came from Rio São Paulo. All that way? We heard on the consortium feed that they'd merged. They merged the hell out of us. The home I was keeping for my garden. It was a significant expenditure of effort and personnel in order to maintain the appearance that we were- You are giving me the biggest headache. Moonbase Theta. The, uh, shutdown sequence is complete. Anybody can keep track of the past, but looking forward, looking forward is hard. I couldn't wait for him to come back. I didn't know where to go. For us, the freeholds were only rumors. Get back, or I'll eviscerate you with my micro-dissecting scissors. Let me cuddle the cuties! Dr. Day, just let go! All of you, stop! I assume we're all here for some subversive anti-corporate plot, which believe me, I am all about. You throw me to the wolves, I'll take you right down with me. The wolves? (laughs) As if you were useful now, even as a scapegoat. You were looking for something. Just a place where I could look at the moon. There you are, love. Still guiding my way. Moonbase Theta out Season 3, with new episodes releasing every other Sunday. The next time we make a choice, it's got to be someone we can trust. I might have an idea for that. Do tell. I'm not sure if it's a good idea, but I think that I'm going to do it.